Status matches, approvals, and denials on episode 206 of the Milenomic Squared podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Sam Simon. And I'm Robert Dwyer. And this is the Milenomic Squared podcast on the Milenomics Podcast Network. Robert, you've been traveling a lot. Let's get right into this show. Can't wait to hear about your trips and everything else this week. Yeah, you would think that this uh, status match opportunity that came on the heels of Delta mm, maybe devaluating, disrespecting their loyal customers would be a good thing for someone who travels a lot. But uh, you know, this one seems really targeted at cities where Delta has a presence and Alaska and JetBlue are trying to make inroads. But let's break these down a little bit. I mean, do you think these are exciting for people in general or only people in certain markets and situations? Or is there more than meets the eye or less than meets the eye here? Oh, wow. I mean, we could do a whole show on that question, Robert. You might be one of the people that this these two status matches target the best, I think, because historically, if you go back and look at our entire catalog of conversations, you have flown Alaska from Boston to San Diego many times or back, right? Yeah, true. And you fly JetBlue all the time. Quite and so a bit. for someone like you, I think these could be exciting if you have planned travel coming up on those two airlines. If you don't, you might be spinning your wheels to do a status match right now where there's no discernible benefit, actually, like a tangible benefit other than, uh, you know, you get to send a bunch of emails and uh, screenshots and follow up, follow up, follow up on some of these. So where are you at on it and, and you know, in general and then in your like personal attempt here on these status matches. Yeah, you've captured the arc of excitement and then disappointment and then frustration <laughs> very well. Like it you know, in general status matches seem exciting. You know, you have status with one and then you'll get status matched to everybody else. Why why would even bother, you know, collecting status on a bunch of different airlines or hotels? Just get it with one and then you can status match everywhere. But the airlines and hotels are smart about that. They mm-hmm. they don't uh, just give you every benefit that would have, would have come with gaining that organically on its own. They cap the duration of it. And you know, in both these cases, the more I peered into what you got, the more frustrated I got. So let's break down what exactly these include. Let's start with JetBlue first. Uh, it's capped at 30,000 applicants. I don't know if they've hit that yet or if they've said they'd hit that. They, they said they pulled down the link that we have here to match. And, but the status only matches until the end of 2023. So that's only, you know, three months here, even if you get matched instantly. So that is kind of not great. But uh, if you have a Barclays card, (laughs) which is a problem for me being shut down by for life by (laughs) Barclays, it gets extended all the way through next year. So that seems like a pretty easy thing to do if you can get a Barclays credit card. So, you know, again, somebody who lives in one of the markets that JetBlue serves a lot and can get a Barclays card, it does seem like a pretty good deal. Well, so first of all, you look at, you go to the landing page that describes JetBlue Mosaic, and uh, I think it could be a little bit more clear. I think their program is new. Uh, you look at Delta's documentation about what is included in Medallion, how it all works. They've covered a lot of situations and it's very complicated. You know, we were just talking about, um, electric vehicles offline, Tesla dropping prices and things like that. And you know, you start to you go to a Tesla's website and you start to see kind of how there's a whole ecosystem about how Americans deal with cars. We expect deals. We expect uh, service. We expect to be able to trade them in. We expect financing from the company. You think of all that has gone in to make a new car, viable car company. It took those guys a lot of work. Right? So that's yeah. what I feel like with JetBlue here, trying to match what Delta's doing. You're like, oh, oh, that's cute. You think you have a status program on par with the complexity of what Delta's invented? Let's uh, start peering into your program here. I mean, some of the, some of the documentation is pretty scarce there, and I had to ping them a lot on Twitter for information. So what do, let's start there. What do you think about that? Like, are you bringing a knife to a gunfight thinking you can compete with Delta in terms of status? Uh, 
You know, I'm so skeptical of all of the status, uh, Robert, that when you say that phrase, I, I don't know if you mean in a good way or in a bad way. Yeah, good really, point. I don't. Like, like our, 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 you know, our offline joke has been, can JetBlue match Delta? And then Delta bungles all kinds of stuff. So I think they can match them. And I think that they can potentially do just as good as Delta is doing. But the details are not there. And the first of those that you and I were talking about is, Companion upgrades to like more space seats. You know, that's I think that's a really tangible benefit that people like at low level and mid level status uh, for almost every airline. You can just book and then move into a seat that normally without status you'd have to pay for. And it does say you get that benefit, but it doesn't say if it applies to your companions. And so you started digging on that first point, I think, because, hey, Robert, do you fly alone or do you fly with other people? (laughs) Yeah, almost always with other people. I flew just last week with them, three people. And I had to split my son off into his own record locator. And it created this big scene at the check-in counter when they said, oh, we only have one upgrade and there's two of you. I'm like, well, actually, there's three of us. I'm like, does one of you want the upgrade? I'm like, oh, this whole thing is just so goofy. You know, like, (laughs) I'm intentionally splitting That was Delta or just? JetBlue. That was Delta, Delta on the way back. And so JetBlue is up to eight people uh, on one itinerary, which is, I would have to think, industry leading. I mean, on one hand, they don't have a first class cabin on most of their flights to debate about, <laughs> but the benefit of getting those even more space seats could be nice in some cases if they're available. Uh, they charge for them, and it's, 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 a, it's a nice perk, I guess. Yeah. You know, I'll argue that you will get more benefit out of that than the mint upgrades, even if mint upgrades that were space available were on every flight. The opportunity for a family of four, like in my case, to move up to a a very small cabin that's going to be sold out from under you, I'm talking Delta or JetBlue, Robert, is small. And if I don't want to get split up, I think that the, the more space seats and the other more tangible benefits are really the benefits you're going to interact with most. And so I, I think they can match Delta and look, they're exceeding Delta on that one specific first point we're talking about. Now, is the day-to-day operations of that airline something that you're comfortable flying versus Delta? I mean, personally, I am. How about you? Yeah, you know, I flew uh, to, to Pittsburgh last weekend, JetBlue in one direction, Delta in the other. Both flights were delayed. Both flights did a, a, a poor job of updating on how and why the flights were delayed. One of the airlines used duct tape to close the, an overhead bin, and I'll let you guess which one it was, and it might surprise you. There's there's buffoonery everywhere. Nothing works. Nobody wants to, to make an excellent uh, airline, it seems like, or there's not a cost-benefit to doing so. So here we are. You know, I, I, don't, I wouldn't put money on Delta always being more reliable than JetBlue. All right. So if, if the time is right, I, I will fly JetBlue and, you know, take my chances. And it, it hurts sometimes, but, you know, I, I, it's rarely a situation where I'm standing there at the JetBlue gate and I see the Delta flight next to it going out on time. There's a bunch of things that can cause delays with airlines. So, no, I don't think sure. that any one airline is that much more reliable to it than I would make a decision based on perceived reliability or a track record of reliability. But let's talk about this uh, these move to mint certificates. This was another one. So you, you get to Mosaic 3, which you get matched to from Platinum, and that gives you four move to mint upgrade certificates. And I was unclear, you know, someone says there's a, a something called a move to mint upgrade certificate instrument. I Sounds great to me. I'll book a, a cheap ticket. Well, you can't book a super cheap ticket. You have to buy, you have to avoid the basic economy. Okay, fine. I can still pay two or 300 bucks and get into mint cabin for, I don't know, 600, $900 of value or something like that. But there's restrictions on those. You can't mm-hmm. get the upgrade at the time of booking, which would be really nice. You get it space available maybe three days prior to check-in. And the certificates expire at the end of the year for the ones you get right now. So you'd have to fly in the next three months. Probably won't be doing that on a route that has mint. 
So of no good. But you also with open seats. Yeah, with open yeah. seats. And, and right, and you have to take yeah. chances. You might wind up and not, yeah. not, not be able to use it at all. And uh, you can only use two per itinerary, even if you have three or more certificates. <laughs> oh, I don't wow. know why they're okay. capping it at that. That seems silly. Like if you give you four certificates, you should be able to use them all in one flight if you have a family of four. But those are the terms. And you really got to dig in to find that information. But I think that's a big limitation. I think a reasonable person would say move to Mint would be, you know, at the time of booking. But that's not the case. Hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe I could see a path where they're crafting that rule and saying, you know, we want more members to experience this upgrade, not just more of our members' parties, maybe. Yeah. But and then you've got to decide, again, we just, we just talked about that two minutes ago. Do you want to split up your party and have two people in Mint and two people not in Mint? And I don't, but, you know, some people do. And I think all of it is like, it's really telling because they can, they can hand out something that's a benefit, and if you don't actually get any use from it, then it doesn't cost them anything. Right. And they probably know their routes better than we do, Robert, and their, you know, their, their load levels for the next three-month period in Mint are probably so high that they can calculate relatively easily how many of these upgrade certificates are going to be out there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it, at the end of it, our, it, the intent with this is to impress you with this other airline that maybe you didn't consider before. And, you know, like, I, I was pinging them, hey. <laughs> I've never heard of you, JetBlue. <laughs> yeah, right? I've been on Delta in Boston forever. <laughs> you have flights to where I, I, right. That's so silly, isn't it? Well, I was asking them, hey, uh, you know, I'm flying with you guys tomorrow. It would be nice to be able to start the process now of earning tiles, <laughs> no, getting the upgrades. You're like, oh, no, it's, uh, you know, good things to come to those who wait. Ha ha. You know, like, just just click the button. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> <laughs> the match finally did come through. Um, I think Alaska, actually, I haven't heard of anybody getting matched by Alaska yet. They say two to four weeks or something like that, months. I don't know. It's going to take forever. Um, and mm. I, I did get matched. Someone from JetBlue called my phone and said, you know, welcome to the party. You know, welcome. we're going to be, you know, be loving Mosaic. But uh, <laughs> before I'm dun- done dunking on them, get this one. Uh, uh, Mosaic 3 includes... Founders Card Blue. Now, we've talked about Founders Card before. And Founders Card, is, I think of as being something that business owners use to get status with airlines and hotels and discounts with airlines and hotels and other things. But in this case, by getting a Mosaic 3, you're supposed to get a Founders Card uh, membership for a year is what the terms and conditions say. But how bizarre is that? Airlines are now doling out things, instruments to get status with other things. Like, how crazy is that? Uh, I mean, again, right, That's the, the cost of that is zero. If you dig into our show and our conversation about that, I think one of us, me, paid like $99 for a year of Founders Card, and you got it for free. And so uh, it's one of those situations where they're going to say, hey, you get Founders Card Blue, which is probably a lower free tier that doesn't include certain things, like the free one that you had before. And, you know, you don't get any benefit from it, but you go, oh, I got Founders Card? Wow, great. And it's a it's a like an extra little thing they can hand you that you don't even get to use. You would think it would be so good, right? When I heard it's Founders Card Blue, oh, not even no. I thought Founders Card Blue would be a special thing for JetBlue Mosaic members, and it, because it's called Blue, you know, JetBlue, I don't know, Blue. Oh, right, sure, <laughs> yeah, but it's not. I, I thought it was just coincidence. No, well, I don't think I don't <laughs> think there's such a thing. I don't know if such a thing exists. I went and clicked the link in the email that I got welcoming to this. It had, you even had to dig around for that. And, and I activated it with a different email address than I'd previously used to interact with Founders Club, Founders Card. And they sent me an email back right away within a few hours saying, we noticed that you've had a Founders Card before. So what would be best in your case is to renew that for $295. Don't you think that's a great deal? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, where does it say anywhere that that's the case? Not that I really wanted. I was just willing to let it go. But the, oh my the email tone was so smug. I really wanted to take the person up on this. I said, I thought this was a free perk that came with getting Mosaic status. Now you're telling me I, I'll pass. 
And I came back and said, oh, no, it's clearly laid out in the terms and conditions. I'm like, no, I don't see that anywhere. It's not at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that if somebody dug around, they could find it. But in the most obvious two or three places that you could look, it doesn't say anything about it not being matched. So it's not even a benefit. And I think it's just egg on JetBlue's face to partner up with these clowns. I mean, that's just ridiculous, yeah. right? I mean, not not making Yeah, clear. no, it is. And, they, and, they, and if you talk to JetBlue, I'm sure they would say something else, but I, I don't have any patience for pursuing it. So I guess another strike, uh, that something that wasn't as good as I hoped it would have been. And at the end of it, I'm thinking, you know, I can't get the credit card probably. And do I want to get 24 tiles by the end of 2023? That's $2,400 spent on JetBlue flights, vacations, or Paisley. You know, the crazy thing where you book overpriced stuff at the time of booking a JetBlue trip. Uh, Forget it, right? There's no way. It just, it, I, it, I can't see my way to make this making sense. It's going to be three months. Maybe I use it once or twice uh, at most, or, or more, more likely zero. Uh, I, I'm just not impressed at this point. That's unfortunate, Robert. It really is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like, the credit card side of it. You know, you can't get the credit card because you've been shut down in the past. I think that's a place to try to push on for sure because uh, if you get a credit card, then you can extend the status. Uh, I think if I get into like more obscure opportunities, Paisley has the hotel portal. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And I think it wouldn't be too hard if I had an expensive hotel stay coming up to book it through there. But when I looked, it didn't have the hotels I wanted. It didn't have the hotels, yeah. the rooms within those hotels I wanted. The prices were absolutely, obviously inflated. Like it just, it's all going down, like you say, a big rat hole of, of wasting a bunch of time, clicking a bunch of emails, taking a bunch of screenshots. At the end of it, you're like, why did I do this? Uh, and, it, you know, it bugs me because here's a, a thing that they're going to extend to people that they want to be their most loyal customer. And I do believe that's what they want, but it sounds like they want your most loyal, their most loyal customers to be the ones that pay them for things that no one else is kind of crazy or silly enough to pay them for, you know, <laughs> overpriced hotels and yeah. founders card memberships and all of these other things, you know, two extra mint seats for the two that you get upgraded to for the rest of your party. Uh, it's frustrating to me when that's the the optics of a situation because I, I think I can see how that works. You know, I'm very loyal to you. I love you. You're the best airline for me. So I'll kind of just believe that whatever you tell me is the best thing for me and I won't look around. And so I appreciate that you're extremely rational when you approach situations as a consumer, Robert, and you're not willing to just kind of take it at surface level like, oh, okay, I get Founders Card. Well, great, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but that Alaska one, do you want to talk more about that one? Yeah, real quick, I, because I think it's interesting that both of these tie in credit card approval. Really an interesting angle, like... You can have a taste, and by the way, get our card. Yeah. Are they an airline or credit card or a bank first? <laughs> That's, it's so much. Uh, at some point, there will be a merger here. I, I, within the next decade, I predict it. Some bank will merge with some airline thing and just make it one big party. But uh, American <laughs> Express on the side of the plane, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? CF Frost would love that. <laughs> exactly. Just, just make it all clear to what really is going on here, who's paying for what. But I, what, I pulled some stunt there. Well, so in, in, in both of these, there was some conjecture, especially, especially in the Alaska situation, that you couldn't have uh, Alaska's policies that you get one match per lifetime per account. And so that disqualifies me. I have been status matched to Alaska, not once, but twice on the same account. So I don't know what that tells wow. me. Am I more likely to get matched a third time or will they find one of the two times that I previously been matched to Alaska? But here we are. I had an idea, though. I, every time I apply for a credit card, I already had a business Bank of America Alaska credit card. 
every time I apply for one, I've mentioned on the show that they create a new Alaska account for me. Oh, yes. And when, yeah. they, when I call Alaska, they say, well, just use the new account. I'm like, use the new account? I've had the old account for 10 years and I've got a bunch of like history with it. No, no, just use the new account. I was like, oh, okay. I wrestled with them. I got it overcome. And I, I was p- pumping it back into my original account, my longstanding account. But I was thinking I could actually use that to my advantage here. I have them open a new account for me. Use yeah. that one for the match. It has no record of any prior matches. But wouldn't you know it? I applied for a Bank of America, Alaska business card. They didn't create a new account for me this time. They got it oh. right. They pumped it back to the old one. <laughs> oh, no. And I got a lame 50,000 offer instead of, you know, recently at 70,000. So that was a big waste. And, you know, it's hard to close Bank of America accounts. They're a hard bank to deal with. I mean, they'll say they close it. It disappears off your account. And then a few weeks later, they send you to collections. Or a few months later, they send you to collections because you haven't paid the $95 fee that was clanging around that they didn't refund or whatever. Bank of America is a tricky bank to work with. But let's talk about Alaska on the on just on the merits of, of their match. It's pretty generous for Platinum. You get up to uh, MVP Gold 100K, which is their top status. Nice. And yeah. easier to get that Bank of America card, I th- for me anyways, uh, much easier. And, um, well, I'm thinking, you know, what, what are the airlines where there's a big Delta presence and a big Alaska presence? That's a little bit different than uh, Boston and JFK with Delta and uh, JetBlue overlapping. I'm thinking Seattle. I mean, would L.A. qualify for that? I think so. I mean, more. well, yeah, more than JetBlue, though. JetBlue out of L.A. is terrible, Robert. Yeah. I, they've just been shrinking that route map smaller and smaller and smaller. Alaska and Delta are both viable options, I would say, to Hawaii as well and to Mexico. They both try to use L.A. as a jumping off point for both of those destinations. So, yeah, L.A. Yeah. I just don't know if there's a lot of Alaska upside. You know, maybe I could use it for some flight to San Diego and get upgrades, but I've tinkered with that program before, and those upgrade certificates are very capped. You know, the flights that they're available on Mm -hmm. are not always there. They say they'll upgrade you like up to 120 hours with uh, that 100K stats. And so I think that if there were available seats, you would get upgraded. I haven't been impressed with their first class product. I haven't been impressed with flying them much. So I don't even know if I really want that, but there's just not enough flights here that would make it valuable. But then I wonder, well, would it be nice to have AA or, you know, one world status? Yeah, I mean, was there some situation where you're flying to Japan, you're in a first class lounge because of that status? Or, you know, I don't have any frequent flyer account with AA at all. So would it be nice to have some one world status because of Alaska? They're they're a, a proper member now. But again, these are really like thin use cases. Here's where I, I like this though, Robert, I, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. Both JetBlue and Alaska, one big change in the past few years has been no change fees. You know, you can cancel these flights. There are refundable, cancelable flights. And so I haven't thought of it because I don't hold any status, but you could conceivably book and then wait for that 120 hours out and then see if you're upgraded at 120 hours out for Alaska, for example. And if you're not, because there's no space in first class, you hold something like a Delta pre-booked situation and take that flight. So it the, the negative of everything I just said is it's taking a situation that's already complicated enough, which is our multiple bookings that we do, and you're layering on top of it space available upgrades and close-in cancellations and I don't know if that's better or worse. What do you think? I, I like the idea. No, I mean, it's it's that far out is interesting. And my frustration with Delta has been that they, when I have been upgraded uh, the past couple of weeks flying with them, it's been day of, moments before uh, the flight takes right. off or two hours before. And, you know, I had JetBlue and Delta double booked on the way back. And I canceled JetBlue the day before because I knew the Delta uh, scheduled departure time was going to work better for me. And I still got a notification from JetBlue that my, you know, it was time to check in. You know, I was like, oh, man, I forgot to cancel those flights. Good thing I got that notification. But then I went and looked and actually did cancel the flight. So 
it can create a significant stress point on the day of departure. If you start doing this two or three times in each direction, multiple record locators, that's yeah. that's no joke. That's 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 going to be complicated to, to to clean up, and I don't like it. But I do. My, my, at the, maybe to tie this whole thing off, for the number of times we fly, I, I'm just more and more thinking. Pay for the first class if you pay want. Pay it, yeah. <laughs> Just pay it. Yeah. Just splurge and, on and, it. And here's the other thing. Like, sorry, go ahead. No, that's that, 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 that's the whole story. Just pay it. <laughs> well, I, I will say this, right? The reason, and this has been true for 10 years or more, but the reason has become more true uh, that your upgrade isn't going to clear is because airlines like money more than they like treating you to a free upgrade. And so the price of that upgrade is going to trend down as they get closer to their upgrade deadline. For you know, you're going to see the offer on your account. I mean, I've seen it with United. I've seen it with Delta. I think you just saw it with Delta as well this past week. I've seen it on the time of booking. United wants twenty four hundred dollars to upgrade you to first class, and a few days before, it's down to five hundred bucks. It's you know, it never fails that they're going to try and pay get paid money for those seats before they hand them out to elites. And I think that that's the real story, right? Like like you said, we don't fly enough for it to really make a make sense to play this game at a high level, and there's a large number of people in our party, and so the game's harder even when it works. It's maybe not working for all of us. So, yeah, just bite the bullet. Figure out the best way to pay it. Uh, book multiple things. Rebook as prices go down, and, and find yourself a fare that you can live with. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, this silly Delta flight on the way back, it was a regional jet Pittsburgh to Boston, less than a two-hour flight, and I could have bought it for 5,000 Delta miles, 50 bucks each way per person. The upgrade, and there's this list the upgrade, of 12, right? yeah, the upgrade from from, from yeah. uh, pink cabin to first, well, you know, and there's really no difference on regional jet. The whole thing is entirely <laughs> silly. But still, they have all the pomp and circumstance. They have the, you know, the 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 comfort plus. They have the first class upgrade list that you see the, you know, 12 people on it. And you're one and two and you get all excited about it. But I'm like, this is so silly. If I wanted those seats in the first place, I should have shorted them up a long time ago for 50 bucks each. It's ridiculous. Isn't that funny? And you wouldn't. So they're not really even worth that. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I mean, what's value, right? If you're not going to pay for it, it's, there's no value. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, let's just move on, Robert. I mean, a great conversation there. We said we could do a whole show on it. We, hey, should we close it out? Absolutely. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us and thanks for your support. Really means a lot to both of us and everyone on the Myelnomics Podcast Network. If you've got any suggestions for future shows, we'd love to hear from you. Until then, we'll see you on the site. Thanks, everybody. Catch you next week. <laughs>